Welcome, welcome all to yet another episode of your favorite podcast, Targo. What's you drinking today? I am drinking another high noon vodka soda. This one is passion fruit flavored. Mm. Actually, isn't too bad. Pretty okay, much tastes like juice. Yeah, yeah. Seltzer is a seltzer, right? I yep. today am drinking a honey Kolsch from Rogue Brewing. It's very good. It's a little sweet for a beer, but it's tasty. Don't think I would like it. Not the biggest fan of Kolsch's or honey. So yeah, well, I love German beers and anything that's darker than what you're drinking. So as long as it's not an IPA. Anyways, those are our brews. Let's get to some banter. Welcome to Brews and Banter. Make sure to check us out on all of our socials, TikTok, Instagram. Check out our Facebook group, um, Redbubble. Check out our sweet merch. Help us keep doing this. Check us out on all of the podcast platforms. Make sure to check out our YouTube page and help support the channel and help us keep doing this. All right, Targo. Very, very, very eventful week. Let's kick it off at the Carabao Cup. It's the first leg of the semifinals. Southampton and Newcastle played on the 24th. Newcastle winning 1-0. What'd you think? This was a feisty game, man. There was nine yellow cards, a red card in this game. Yeah. I think in that game, Joe Linton probably missed one of the biggest centers I've almost ever seen. It was a bad one. (laughs) Yeah. And of course, uh, he's the one who gets the goal off a great run from Isaac. So I think it was a well-deserved victory for Newcastle. I agree. Um, there's going to be a lot of these for them this season. But Alexander Isak finally showing while he's healthy how good he is. So Yeah. All right. On 25th, we had Manchester United against Nottingham Forest. Man United ran away with this one 3-0. Man, was Rashford good in this game. Yeah. I mean, he had a, scored the first goal for a pretty from a pretty nice little mesmerizing run there finishing it off and then something else i didn't realize was brennan johnson man how fast he is he outran aaron wambasaka in a sprint in that game that was interesting yeah i i was very unexpected for me um and then yeah rashford had quite a few mesmerizing runs and happened to only get one goal on the end of it but man is he looking good right now and about vacors got his first goal for man united yeah, what you'd expect from him off of a rebound. So, yeah. It's good. That's why they signed him. All right. Off to the FA Cup, staying for in England. Ins, that's what he's there for, huh? Exactly. <laughs> All right. On the 27th, we had the first showdown of the year, Manchester City against Arsenal. Manchester City winning in this one, 1-0. It was a pretty cagey affair that was very back and forth. What do you think? Yeah, and, you know, Arsenal didn't start some of their starters that they would normally. So that you could, you could kind of tell that. But Trossard, Leandro Trossard for Arsenal, definitely impressed on his first start for Arsenal. Yeah, full debut. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, Arsenal made six changes. City pretty much, besides taking out Ederson, started a full-strength lineup. And yeah, they had the first and Holland. I mean, Arsenal were the better squad in the first half. Um, until they took out Saka and Partey, and then City put on Alvarez, and it was a different game. But funniest thing for me was that goal. It definitely looked like it was a pass. It wasn't a pass. To Erling Holland, who was right there on the back post, just happened to sneak in, in my opinion. 
It Clever. wasn't fast. I think still Nathan Ake shoot that. Still Nathan Ake got a rare goal. So rare goal on his weak foot center yeah. back and uh, terrible marking from Albert Sambulakonga, who just looks like a uh, chicken with his head cut off running around midfield. So on to the twenty eighth, we had Preston North End against Tottenham. Tottenham running out three nil. Yoming Son looking like he finally found his form again, scoring a brace. Yeah, probably pretty easy against the Preston North End team that didn't look very good. <laughs> no. This um, is all one-way traffic. Yeah, and then Denjuma getting his first goal on his full debut. Yeah. We'll get into that whole s- scenario later, but yeah, one-way traffic. Um, 28th, Manchester United played again. They played Reading 1-3-1. to This one wasn't really close either. Nope. Casemiro gets a couple. Uh, Fred gets a nice little flick goal. Reading kind of got one back off a corner in the end of the game. And good old Andy Carroll, man, got a red card in that game. I didn't even know he was still playing, I'll be honest I with didn't you. either. I, I was like, <laughs> well, that's Andy Carroll. Then I had to look up how old he is. He, I recognize that man run anywhere. <laughs> got a little touch of gray in it now, but, you know. Whatever. Glad he's still playing. Um, Next up on the 29th, we had the big game of the weekend. Brighton against Liverpool. Brighton won 3-0 last time out. This time, a lot closer. They won 2-1 off of a brilliant goal by Matoma. Yeah, he got the winner there late in the the game. I think it was in stoppage time, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, man, Liverpool, this was their chance to kind of redeem themselves from that earlier loss to Brighton, and they did not. Salah missed the one-on-one with the goalie. I mean, he's just out of form right now. Yeah, and then, you know, the first goal was a deflected shot off dunk. I don't think he knew much about it. Kind of hits off his foot, goes past wrong-footing Allison, goes past him. But. Yeah, I mean, the only bright spark really for Liverpool in this game was Harvey Elliott. Yeah, I mean, even Cody Gogpo didn't look like doing much. No, no, it's a shame to see, honestly. Yeah, but they need to turn it around. Yes, they do. Yeah, and to hear Jurgen Klopp come out and say they're not going to sign anybody in the January transfer window is just going to be problems. Disappointing if you're a Liverpool fan. Very much so. All right, and then my game to watch this weekend on the 29th, we had Wrexham against Sheffield United at the racecourse ground. Man, was this your stereotypical FA Cup battle? Non-league Wrexham against championship side Sheffield United. Ended 3-3. Man, this was back and forth. That was a fun game. Sheffield United scored after 62 seconds. Wrexham comes back, scores two goals. Sheffield United equalized in the 65th minute. Got a red card in the 71st. Paul Mullen scores in the 86th. You thought it was the winner, man. Thought it was. Ryan Reynolds celebrating. Yep. Paul Mullen, fun fact, already has 28 goals this season, by the way. <laughs> it's insane. That's who, um, that's who Man City should have signed. Forget Erling Holland. <laughs> um, and then at the death... 95th minute off a corner, Sheffield United equalizes, and Ryan Reynolds finally gets to see what soccer and football is all about with 
joy and jubilation and heartbreak within the matter of man isn't that football man you can be so happy and excited one second and then just defeated the next or vice versa you know so yeah joys of the fa cup especially because we thought you know finally wrexham was gonna make it to the round of 16 beating two championship sides in a row and then they pooped it i already Um, say they overperformed on what everyone thought they would do so yeah they definitely looked really good though in my opinion um, their replay is going to be played uh, between the 7th and the 9th of February. But the round of 16 draw is on the 30th. So we'll see who they will play after the replay. All right. If they Off win that to game. Germany, the German Bundesliga. Match day 18. On the 24th, we had Schalke against RB Leipzig. Schalke, bottom of the table. They played like it because Leipzig drummed them six to one. Yeah, that was that was ugly if you're a Schalke fan. But man, Danny almost scored a beauty of a goal in that game. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's a oh yeah, kind of a chip over the goalie. It was it was real nice. Yeah, those chips kind of they pull at the heartstrings a little bit. They're something special and take some sort of skill to pull off. Yeah. On the twenty fourth, we also had. Bayern Munich against Cologne. Somehow this one ended 1-1. Yeah, Cologne scored in the first four minutes or so of that game. And then it took a freaking wonder strike, man, from Joshua Kimmich in the 90th to tie it up. If you have not seen this goal, go check it out. It is a beauty. Whew. That was a rocket. I don't know know how. What's his name? Um... Max Maximum Chupamotin, man. You remember him when he used to play for Stoke? Yeah. Couldn't get a game in for Stoke in the championship and somehow gets to PSG. Now is that Bayern Munich? I don't know how he plays for this Bayern Munich team, man. Because Sadio Mane is out, that's why. But yeah, I, he, I don't know either. He didn't it, look good. It baffles me that, you know, what a career he has had as far as teams he's played for and money he's raked in, but yet skill wise, you would think yeah, he should still be playing for Stoke. Yeah. So. I mean, he has one of the worst misses also, I think ever for PSG, the one where the ball was going in and he somehow kicks it out, <laughs> kicks it out of the goal. Yeah. It was, oh, I just remember that, <laughs> that video. That's one of those Killing things you never forget. Face. Cause you're like, I could have scored that crawling with my head. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, uh, on to the 25th, we had Mainz against Dortmund. Dortmund runs out 2-1 winners on this one. Gio Reyna with yet another game-winning goal off the bench. Good for him. Silencing some of these critics because there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of news circling around him and his family. Just saw yeah. his dad resigned from his Austin FC position in the MLS. Yeah, the uh, U.S., the entire U.S. soccer national team situation is just, there's nobody there. There are, Everybody's quitting, so. Yeah. All right. Rightfully so. <laughs> yeah. Clean house. We'll see. I mean, it makes for interesting storytelling, so as soon as we hear more, we'll let you know. Um, on the 25th, we also had Freiburg against Frankfurt. At the time, this was second against third, or second against fourth. Uh, this one ends one, one. 
Yeah, kind of a draw doing no favors for either team. Now they're sitting in fifth and sixth, respectively. Frankfurt, Freiburg in fifth, Frankfurt in sixth. Yeah, um, crazy to me that the drop it's, from it's second close to at the top there in the sixth. Bundesliga. Yeah. Um, Kolomwani, man, is he a man on fire since the World Cup? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. got that goal for Frankfurt. Yeah, I'm surprised some of these bigger teams haven't come in to try to sign him yet. But I think they will at the end of the season. Yeah, probably in the summer. We'll see. All right, on the 22nd, RB Leipzig was back in action against Stuttgart. They win 2-1 to one with a brace from Dominic Sabotsloy. I'm glad you pronounced that, not me. <laughs> Every time I read his name, I'm like, Zobolozi? Is Zobolozi? That's a hard one. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. That's just fun to say. Uh, next up on the 28th, we had Bayern Munich against Eintracht Frankfurt. I thought this game was going to be very, very entertaining. Ends 1-1. Yeah, Sané gets the first goal in the 34th minute, and then good old Kolo Muani, man, scores in the 69th minute. He looks really good. He beats Upa Makano and slots it past Jan Sommer, and yeah, Kolomuani, man, he has the most assists in the Bundesliga right now with 10. Yeah, and that makes it 17 goal involvements in 16 games in the Bundesliga for him. So he's, he's a man on fire. I certainly, before the World Cup, didn't really know much about him, but now he is must-watch. All right, next up we have on the 29th, Bayern Leverkusen against Dortmund. Dortmund wins 2-0. Yeah, it was a close game. You know, Dortmund got the goal in the 33rd minute. Karim Adeyemi. And then Edmund Tafsoba with an own goal in the 53rd. But it was it was close. Leverkusen had some chances. You know, they got a they got a good team there. Yeah. Newly appointed head coach, Javi Alonso, and he was appointed in October. I think he's doing some good things with them. Yeah, I mean, he was a great player, so I can only imagine he's going to do great things as a coach. So, be fun to find out. All right, Targo, off to Spain and the Copa del Rey. What do we have in action? On the 25th, we had Barca against Real Sociedad. And uh, Barca walks away with a 1-0 win on that one. Dembele with the winner. Definitely think the goalie should have saved it, but that's how it goes. There's also a red card in that game against Sociedad. And, man, Alexander Sorloth missed a sitter in this one, which is not like him. He has been putting him away for Sociedad this season, so that was... That was disappointing if you're a Sociedad yeah. fan. He's been a man on fire this season, and to yeah, see him has. miss that is very uncharacteristic. So, And then on the 26th in the Copa del Rey, we had Real Madrid versus Atletico Madrid in a Madrid derby. And Alvaro Morata gets the goal scoring underway against his former club. <laughs> that yeah, was a... I mean... Murata, the guy who just doesn't go away but plays for every team under the sun. Right. Still scores, so that's why he plays for every team under the sun. So, And then uh, Rodrigo gets a goal in the 79th minute for Real Madrid off a beautiful dribble and kind of an outside-of-the-boot shot. If you haven't seen that goal, check it out. It's a good one. So then it goes to extra time, and this is where things kind of get ugly if you're an Atletico Madrid fan. Seven Savage gets a red card in the 99th minute, and then... Saw Real Madrid. They score another two goals. Goal by Karim Benzema and Vinicius to win it 3-1. 
Yeah, and I mean, that was a high-pressure moment for Vinicius, and he just takes the ball across the box, slots it home between defenders' legs, game winner in extra time of extra time. So, yeah. And then in La Liga for match day 19, on the 28th, we had Girona versus Barcelona. Barcelona won 1-0. Usman Dembele came off injured in this game in the 25th minute, so that's a little bit of a worrying sign if you're a... Barcelona fan, but Pedri comes on for him and Pedri gets the winning goal. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, on the 29th, is, uh... we had Osasuna versus Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid win this one, 1 0. Saul gives Atletico the win. And they pretty much dominated that game. Wasn't very close. And then on yeah, the 29th, I mean... I'll go Osas- ahead. Osasuna Osasuna has been a, a club on form recently, um, and they outshot and had more possession than Atletico Madrid did in this game. So yeah, so yeah. But the big game of the weekend on the 29th, it was Real Madrid against Real Sociedad, second versus third, and nothing could come between them as this was a nil-nil draw. And I will say, man, Vinny Junior, he missed some open chances in that game. Yeah, yeah, he did. And this is a game I fully expect there to be some goals. I was very I thought there would be too. Both teams are scoring goals, but that Real Sociedad goalkeeper, man, he made some good saves in that game. So that draw doesn't do Madrid any favors. They're sitting in second, five points behind Barcelona, who are in first. Yikes. Uh, Is it time to push the panic button for Madrid at this point? You know, I don't know if it's time to push the panic button, but they're... They're not going to be happy being five points adrift. I mean, you still have the Champions League, obviously, and they're still in the Copa del Rey. But yeah, they're they need to start winning some games and hoping Barca drops some points. Yeah, um, and Barcelona. I mean, their defense—they've got the best defense in all of Europe right now. Uh, it's tough to score against them. So they yeah, they're just grinding goals. out results. Yeah, and that's what makes champions, right? Okay. Off to Italy, the Serie A. On the 28th, we had Cremonese against Inter Milan. Inter Milan wins this one 2-1. to one. Yeah, should have been not that close on paper, you would have thought. Uh, Inter Milan sitting in uh, second place now after this. they beat Cremonese, who are in last. Man, poor Cremonese have not won a single game this season. Yeah. Eight so draws and 12 losses. Uh, so that's why you, you expect Inter to get the win. But they had to, it was a hard-fought win. That first goal that Cremonese scored, because they scored first in the 11th minute, man. It was a golazo from outside the box. It was a beauty. Go check that one out if you haven't seen it. But then Lautaro Martinez gets a brace in this game, scoring in the 21st and 65th minute. And that was all she wrote. And all she wrote. All right, 29th, we had probably one of the surprise results of the weekend. So oh, Swallow sure. won against AC Milan 5-2. to two. At the San Siro, too. Woo! Yikes. Um, yeah. And this was after Milan got thumped 4-0 by Lazio midweek. So they've, they've let in nine goals in two games. That's, that's Very bad. troubling. Now, I would say the alarm bells might be going off there in Milan. Yeah. 
Definitely, especially because that result drops them all the way down to fifth, and they were sitting in second not very long ago. Yeah. Um, but that result definitely would make Napoli happy, um, who are sitting in first. Uh, yeah. Divock Origi, Golasso in this one. Yeah, there at the end. One? Better watch it. But Dominico Baratti, man, he had a wonderful game with three assists and a goal in this game. Yeah, dominating performance, and Milan probably feels a little unlucky having two goals taken away for offside after VAR reviews, but, you know, if it's offsides on VAR, it's offsides. Yeah. All right, on 29th, we had recently dropped down the table to 10th, Juve against Monza. They lost and continued their slide. This one ended 2-0. Yeah, Juve now sitting in 13th place after this loss. And it wasn't even close. Mm-mm. Like, Monza scored in the 18th and 39th minute of the first half, and they just dominated that first half. And this is the double. They did the double over Juve this yeah. season. I feel like that the first game wasn't even that long ago. And so it's, yeah, not good for Juve. They, no. did, they did play better in the second half, but not enough. Yeah, that loss drops Juve down to 13th place. Wow, what a fall they have had in the last week and a half. All right. And the big game in Italy of the weekend on the 29th, we had Napoli against AS Roma. This one didn't disappoint. Napoli running out victors in this one, 2-1. Yeah, it was Jose Mourinho's birthday this week. I'm sure Roma would have liked to have gotten a win for, for his birthday, but Napoli playing spoilers on that. First goal scored by Victor Osimhen, man. It was a beauty. He had like a volley that he kind of, he roofed it. So if you haven't seen that goal, check that one out. But then, yeah, Steven El Sharari equalizes in the 75th, and Giovanni Simeone gets the winner in the 86th minute. There you go. That puts Napoli 13 points clear at the top over Inter on 53 points with Inter on 40. I mean, Napoli's just running away with this title race at this point. They are. All right. Well, that's it for the games this weekend. Now we get into the fun part. This is our transfer day, end of the transfer window episode. So first we're going to go with our done deals, and then we're going to get into what every team in the Premier League needs to really take a step up for the rest of the season. As far as our done deals go, we called it, Targo. Sean Dyche announced as head coach of Everton. That was my number one target. <laughs> Woo! Um, all right. And probably the biggest transfer saga, or at least weirdest one, of the transfer window. We got Arnott Dunjuma going to Spurs from Villarreal on loan. But earlier... Like not even twenty four hours earlier, he was taking his medical and getting his medical or his uh, media pictures taken at Everton. Yeah, Spurs swooped in to snake this one from Everton. It was one of those where you know agent gets called or player gets called, one of the two, and he says, "Wait, don't submit final paperwork." <laughs> Spurs I got a team willing to pay you five more bucks point. a week here. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Speaking of Spurs. Pedro Porro 
signed for $45 million from Sporting Lisbon. This gives them much better, uh, makes them more dynamic, I guess, at right back. Miles Hand of Emerson. Much, yeah. Current Spurs right back. Yeah, I mean, the only good thing he's done this season is score against City and piss him off. So, But yeah, this was a good job on Spurs, man, getting a couple signings in here before the window closes. So they'll definitely be hoping this quality will help keep them into the top four in the Premier League. Yeah, and it's very uncharacteristic of them as well. So it's good to see as far as Antonio Conte is concerned. All right, next up, we had another transfer drama. Anthony Gordon goes to Newcastle from Everton. This one was announced that Newcastle was interested in Anthony Gordon, and then Anthony Gordon refused to practice or play for Everton ever again. Yeah, he put in a transfer request. <laughs> Just shows you the sign of the times, I guess. Yeah, so he's, they bought him for 40 million pounds, $55 million. But he's 21 he's years stud, old, though, man. I think he's a great young player. So I yeah. think that's a that's a coup for that, Newcastle. Very much so. And he's going to be really good for them for years to come. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, next up, too. we go over to Leeds. They signed Weston McKinney from Juventus on loan with an option to buy for 33 million euros. Joining American midfielders Tyler Adams and Brandon Aronson and coach Jesse Marsh. The new this team has America a little bit Premier of a League. feeling of Ted Lasso, doesn't it? <laughs> I would say the new team America in the Premier League, man. I thought that was right? Fulham. Now it's, it's becoming Leeds. Right? Shoot. But what a pickup and a coup for Leeds. I mean, their midfield, I mean, arguably is one of the better midfields in the Premier League at this point with the addition of Weston McKinney. Yeah, I wonder if he even gets into that midfield. Yeah, uh, you would think he would um, just because of the, I mean, him and Tyler Adams have been playing together since they were 14. Just the uh, chemistry between them and then Brandon Aronson's been playing with the two of them for a while on the U.S. national team. So I was saying Weston McKinney was the signing leads needed, as we'll find out later. So very, very nice to hear that I called that one, too. All right. I don't think he does much for him, though, if I'm being honest with you. I, I, I don't know. I just don't rate Weston McKinney very highly. So, Well, maybe this is his opportunity to change your mind. We'll see. We'll see. I definitely I rate will, Tyler but... Adams very highly. So, <laughs> huh? I said I rate Tyler Adams very highly. So I know you do. Weston McKinney, to be determined, I think his hair is flashier than his game is. So, um. Next up, we got Tete signs from Shakhtar, who was on loan at Lyon, to Leicester City, giving them a much-needed player on an attack at winger. Yeah, they definitely needed a winger there at Leicester. Yeah. Whether this guy will be the answer, I don't know. I haven't seen much of him, if I'm being honest, so we'll see what he brings to Leicester. Hopefully yeah. he can improve that squad. And then Chelsea continue their mad spending spree, sign another player in Malo Gusto from Lyon. This one, he doesn't join until the summer, goes back on loan to Lyon. He's 19 years old as a right back. Very promising. Um, I think they're really signing him as a backup for Reese James. 
just to kind of make their team a little bit younger with Atspilicueta probably leaving in the summer, I would say. Yeah, he's getting up there. So, uh, next up, we got Fulham signs Fluminense midfielder Andre on loan with obligation to buy for $20 million, giving them more depth in midfield. And then the World Cup wonder kid, Azadine Unahi, signs for Olympic Marseille from Angers for $10 million. I feel like that's a steal, man. $10 million 100%. for Unahi? Yeah. Good piece of business there by Marseille. And kind of a coup over Napoli, who have been in the running to sign him for the longest time, it seemed like. Yeah. All right. Now, Targo, transfer window closes 3 p.m. Pacific on the 31st. So let's discuss what teams need before the transfer window closes and what players we think will fit best for these squads. Alphabetical order. Arsenal, they need a midfielder. They do. They definitely need a, you know, kind of cover for Thomas Partey, someone in that midfield. You yeah. Know, I don't know who they can get here before this transfer window closes is the big question. I don't think there's a lot available out there. We're not going to overpay. Obviously, they've been linked with Declan Rice, who I think would be a fantastic signing. I don't think they get him in January. No. I know they've been looking at Moises Caicedo, but honestly, I think a a good pickup would be uh, Amadou Unana from Everton. Yeah. I think he could be a good pickup. I think Ruben Neves could also be a good pickup from Wolves. Yeah, and they've been linked with him for what seems like forever. Um, but one that I think might go under the radar would be that Ryan Gravenberch. He's at Bayern Munich. They bought him from Ajax but I think they could get him on loan to provide good cover. He impressed me when I watched him with Ajax. Yeah. Um, he's not getting a whole lot of playing time at Bayern Munich. He's only 20 years old. So I think he could be a good one for, for Arsenal to get here before the transfer window closes. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I mean, with all of those that you mentioned, all of them being 25 and under, I mean, you're kind of looking at, you know, the next replacements for Jaka and Partey at this point that can also provide adequate cover right now with, I mean, Jaka's what, 29, 30? And Something like that. Partey is 30 going on 31. So they don't have many years left. You want some depth in midfield. Samuel Conga is not going to do it, and El Nini seems to be hurt when you need him most. I think Moises Caicedo, to me, is the best option. They're going to have to overpay for anybody that they get at this point. Just because they're in first, everybody knows that. They need another midfielder, everybody knows that, so their demands are going to go higher and higher. I think Arsenal finally get one over on Chelsea and pull out this Moises Caicedo deal, whether it be you know with the remainder of that Mudrick money. But I think Caicedo and Declan Rice as backups for Xhaka and Partey eventually overtaking them. I mean, that sets up that midfield for years to come. I think another good signing would be that midfielder from Real Sociedad. Uh, Mar- Martin Zubamendi? Yeah. Yeah. I think he'd be uh, another he good one. He came out publicly and said he's not leaving this season. It wouldn't be until the summer. So he would be a great signing, especially if you can't get like a Declan Rice and he decides to go to Chelsea. Yeah. Um, and he'd be much cheaper. It's not going to be 70, 80 million. 
or a Declan Rice, but Caicedo probably will be in that ballpark. At I don't think he's worth that much. Twenty one years old, but I'd rather take a Declan Rice over Caicedo. I think personally, I think they're going to go for both. I don't think this changes their summer transfer window at all. Especially getting back into the Champions League and potentially winning the league. That's a lot of money they're going to get to be able to put towards players. So, all right, enough talk about our beloved Arsenal. Let's get on to other clubs. Uh, Aston Villa. Man, do they need a center back at this point? Well, they got some coming back from injury, which I think will help. Ogbana's coming back. Kurt Zuma's coming back. But yeah, before that, they were they were hurting. Struggling. Um, I think a guy who's been linked to the Premier League for what seems like forever, and mostly teams like Tottenham and Manchester United, is Pau Torres for Villarreal. He's not getting any younger, but he's playing consistently just as good. I think this fits right in Una Emery's breadbasket of signing Spanish players, especially one that used to play for him. I think he's a perfect fit. What's funny is I went with his center back partner, Juan Foyth, (laughs) 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 who also plays for Villarreal, but he's got some Premier League experience, which I think is is good. He played at Tottenham. And, you know, he's 25 years old, so he's a little bit younger than Pau Torres. So I thought he would be a good fit. I mean, either way. Center backs from Villarreal right now are probably the best fit for Unai Emery because he knows them and knows how they play. So, yeah. All right. Next up, we got Bournemouth. Um, I think they need a center midfielder. Yeah. I think a guy who's been linked to the top clubs in the Premier League for a while, but has just become a bench player for Lyon at this point, Hasim Awar. It's only going to cost you twelve million at this point, which is far and wide from the fifty, sixty mil he was quoted for Arsenal a couple of years ago. But man, he would be a stud for them. Something they really need as far as more of a attacking midfielder type. Do you think they could get him though? Would be the real question. I think so. Um, just the lure of the Premier League and better wages and more playing time for him probably is enough. Maybe a clause of another big team comes in, they let him go. I think, yeah, he'd be great for Bournemouth because they definitely need someone to help create chances in that team. Yeah. Um. So a midfielder, I think they should go after. I don't think they'll get him. I don't think he'll leave his current team, but it would be James Ward-Prowse. I think if Southampton end up going down and Bournemouth stay up, they should go for him. I think he'd be a fantastic signing for that. Bournemouth team. I'll be honest with you. Anybody that's probably fifth and below, James Ward-Prowse walks into their team pretty much. He's a stud. Um, so, yeah, he'd be a fantastic signing for Bournemouth. Um, unfortunately, because he's a lifelong Southampton Academy graduate, I don't think he leaves. But if they get relegated, eh, you might be right. That Southampton team, they like to sell their best players. So <laughs> That is true. They've been known to do that. All right, on to a team that, well, they're kind of unpredictable when it comes to the transfer market. You got Brentford. I think they need a center mid. What do you think? Yeah. I think depth there would help them. Yeah. Or even just upgrading from what they have. I think that I think Am- up top they're doing fantastic with Mbomo and yeah. Ivan Tony. Yeah, I think the Amadou Onana from Everton would be a great pickup for them. Whether or not they have the funds to pay for him quoted about 50 mil for him. I don't know whether he wants to leave Everton or not. I don't know, but I think he would be a fantastic pickup for them. 
I think a fun one that Brentford should go after would be uh, Kiernan Dewsbury Hall, currently plays at Leicester. He's he's pretty, how old is he? 24. 24, so he's still pretty young, but man, he's fun to watch. I like him for, for Leicester. I think Leicester should try to keep on to him, but if Brentford could sneak him away from there, I think that'd be a great signing for him. Yeah. And another one you mentioned here um, that I think is probably even more interesting is young Jacob Ramsey, who has lit the Premier League on fire the last couple of years for Aston Villa. Yeah. I think he would also be a good one there for that Brentford team because he's, you know, he's athletic, he's quick, gets around the field well. And, you know, that Brentford team, man, they, that's what they, that's how they play. Exactly. And on top of that, he's only 21. So, so yeah, one for the future. One for the future now. as well. So you can, you know, spending money on him, you can definitely warrant that. Okay. On to a team that seems to be losing players left and right. Brighton. I think they need a striker, and we got some good ones for you. Yeah, I was trying to think even who their strikers were. You think of Danny Welbeck still being there? Yeah. Danny Bam. Welbeck. Um, and was that? Is it Evan Ferguson? Something like that. Yeah. I'd have to look. Um, I know he started I mean, for the wingers are fantastic. Cup. Their midfield's pretty great. Their defense has been stellar. Yeah. They have a fantastic goalie. So I think, yeah, that this one missing piece would be a clinical finisher up top yeah and that critical finisher too would i mean it would almost guarantee them a european place the way that they're playing right now so i think a good one to go for you can get him on loan or probably on the cheap been doing it for years musa dembele from Lyon. this guy seems to have been around for forever and he's still only 25 yeah but he scores on average, 20 to 30 goals a season in in uh, Ligue 1. I think he's having he's a little bit slower everybody. year this year, though. Yes. Yeah. He, I think he sits on the bench right now, um, which you get him on loan. Awesome for Brighton. Let's them uh, save some money for the summer. But, I mean, they probably could shoot even higher if they sell, like, a Caicedo. Yeah. So. so, yeah, the striker, I think they should go for be Briel and Bolo. Yeah, I'm a fan of he's his good. when he he's plays for good. Switzerland. I think he's fun to watch. He currently plays at Monaco. Also fairly young, 25 years old. And he's he's doing pretty well this season. 19 appearances. He's got 10 goals and two assists for Monaco. Yeah, and he's a he's a larger framed number nine and very good. But he's quick the too. He, and he, he likes to run at defenders. Yeah. Um, so he fits right into that Brighton style of play as well. So I think that's a great pick. All right. On to the team that just seems to sign everybody that they want to with no repercussions. Chelsea, they need a striker or a center midfielder. Definitely a striker. Yeah. Um, None of their midfield can really stay healthy or perform at this point. So that's why it's on there. But they also have trouble scoring goals. So I understand. I think... A uh, Dusan Vlahovic fits their bill perfectly. A big number nine, still young, 22 years old, so fits their transfer policy. Juve's in the crapper right now. They're probably going to have to sell a lot of their players. It just kind of fits. Well, the good thing with Chelsea is you can name any player under the sun because they'll go out and buy him. Yep. <laughs> so I went with Victor Osaman, man. I think... 
if Chelsea got him, they would be scary. Yeah. He is banging in goals right now for Napoli. He's got 13 goals and three assists in 15 games. And he's still young at 24 years old. Yeah. I don't know. If I'm Victor Osiman, it's going to be tough for me to leave a Napoli squad that might be the best team in Europe right now. Well, when you're Todd Bowley and you got that fat paycheck, you can pay him whatever he wants. That's true. Sometimes money talks. Sometimes it does. We will see. I think that's more of a summer signing. Um, Potentially, yeah. God, it would take them to... He would cost so much. I bet he costs over 100 mil if they go to go for him. Easy, yeah. Uh, How about midfielders? So for midfielders, I went with uh, Serge Milinkovic-Savic from Lazio. I think he could be a good signing because he is kind of defensively, but he is can go offensively as well in the midfield. Yeah. So he could kind of help both sides of it. He reminds me a lot of a slightly older, slightly better Yuri Tielemans, the way that he plays. Yeah. I would say um, he's better going forward than Yuri Tielemans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And probably defensively as well. Um, but, man, I don't know how he still plays for Lazio at this point. Um, you know, he's not super young, but he, I would say he's in the prime of his career right now at 27. Yeah. And he's got four four goals and eight assists for Lazio this season and 18 appearances. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the guy who has been linked to Chelsea this whole entire window. And <laughs> they recently have been said to go back in for him in Enzo Fernandez. Taboli wants him. They want to get him. I think at this point they've spent enough money. They don't care if they have to pay 130 mil and do a little bit of payments. I think they're they'll pull it See, off. See, I don't know why you wouldn't spend 130 mil then on Victor Osaman. I'd take Victor sure Osaman over that Enzo too. Fernandez. I don't think that that's going to stop them from spending 130 mil on Victor Osaman as well. <laughs> I mean, by the end of this, I bet they spend a billion dollars by the end of the year. They're already halfway there. Yeah. Over halfway there. Um, and with all their squad healthy, they can get them to play together. That squad looks scary. So, all right. Enough talk about Chelsea and Todd Bowley. Let's go to a little harder one to pick. Crystal Palace. Patrick Vieira is doing good things. Needs a little bit of help at the back. I disagree. I think they need help up top. Well, then they need help at both ends of the field. They got good wingers, and I think they just don't have that clinical finisher, man. Ben Godfrey from Everton, I think, would be a great pickup for them. Everton's a mess right now. Pretty much a fire sale is what it seems like. Um, Ben Godfrey's been one of their bright lights of the season. I think he'd fit into Patrick Vieira's system perfectly. That's what I think. So, yeah, I think they should go for a striker. Like I said, they got good wingers in Michael Lise and Wilfred Zaha, but they are struggling with Mateta and I think it's Edward. Yeah. As their strikers, they're not putting in goals. So, I think they should go for someone who can score goals. I think that someone could be Patrick Bamford from Leeds. He hasn't had the best season this year. He's been hurt. Uh, But in the 2021 season, man, in 30. 38 appearances. He has 17 goals and seven assists. So those are great numbers. Yeah. You can keep him healthy. And you probably get him for pretty cheap right now because he scored one goal in 365 days. So 
I mean, he's had 12 appearances, and yeah, he has one goal and one assist because he's been hurt. Um, yeah, I mean, he'd be a great pickup for them. I think he's I, someone who can hold the ball up and then yeah. have Zaha and Olise and Abrishieze kind of play off him. Yeah, that would be that would be a great pickup. Um, I, I I gotta agree. Um, they probably need both, to be honest. Um, whether or not Patrick Vieira picks a center back or a striker is yet to be seen. Or if they're going to sign anybody, they might just wait till the summer. We'll see. Okay. Speaking of fire sales, um, Everton. I think they just need to replace the whole squad. They do. Right they need now, someone. <laughs> right now, they'll probably settle for a winger or a striker. Um, I don't know who they can sign at this point because no one wants to go there with how toxic the entire organization is. Yeah. I went way out of the box on this one. and. Uh, maybe going for like a Brandon Vasquez from FC Cincinnati who scored 18 goals last season on loan. Uh, maybe trying to poach someone on the MLS to be like, hey, come try your act in Europe for six months and then go back to the MLS in the summer. I I had a hard time with this one, I'll be honest. They've been Man, linked to Hakeem Ziyech. See, I don't think they need a striker either. I think they need someone to create... That's where they're struggling, man. They get to that final third and they just can't create nothing. You know, obviously Dominic Calvert-Lewin has not been good this season. No. Um, hopefully he can be better and start putting in some goals because he's getting some chances, but, you know, he's not getting a lot of chances. So I need, I think they need someone there to create. I think that player, I think it'd be an amazing signing. I don't think they get him, if I'm being no. honest. I don't think he leaves his current club. But a great signing would be Julian Brandt from Borussia Dortmund. He would be a game-changing. I think if Everton want to make a statement of staying in the Premier League, I think they need to go for someone big like that. Yeah. Um, Anything's possible with the Premier League just because of the status of it. It's definitely becoming a a super league with the amount of money they get. Yeah. (laughs) Most people will say, you just said the the S word um, that no one wants to hear, but you you have a point. Yeah. I mean, just look at Fulham and the players they've been able to attract in the last couple of years. It's been crazy. Um, Speaking of Fulham, they need uh, what I thought at the time was a center midfielder. They just signed one. I think they need more depth, though, and more quality. Um, I think a a Matias Nunez from Wolves would be a great signing for them. He's only 24 years old. He's more attacking-minded. I don't think they get him, though. I mean, the promise of European football might be enough to get him. At this He's point. been linked with Liverpool, I know. Yeah, um, but so has every midfielder under the sun. That's worth a damn. So, um, who do you think? I'm interested. Honestly, here. I think they should go back to Man United for a midfielder and Fred. They got Andreas Pereira from Man United. He's been doing really well for Fulham. Oh yeah, arguably. So why one not of go back players. for Fred, man? Okay. I feel like Fred's not a terrible player. He doesn't get much playing time there at Man United. He's more of a rotation bench coming off the bench type of player. Yeah. And I think I'd like to see him at a smaller team versus that Man United. Yeah, I think I think you have a great point there. Um I think Fred I mean seeing him play for Brazil is a different thing than seeing him play for Manchester United. You give yeah. him a little more freedom and more of a box to box, more attacking role. He does much better. Than the defensive midfielder. Just being defensive, that, yeah. 
Man United plays him. Um, I think that's a great, great choice. Honestly. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think that far. Uh, yeah. And they probably get him on loan at this point. Honestly. All right. See if you can trump me again. Uh, Leicester City. I think they need a striker, but honestly, they could use something at the back and at the front. Yeah, they really could. I'm going with a guy who's been linked to just about everybody, but no one seems to be able to sign him. Young Canadian striker in the name of Jonathan David. He's 23 years old, keeps banging in the goals for Lille. No one seems to put in a bid for him. I think Leicester City, if they get him, man, that could change that attack wholeheartedly. I don't know if they need a striker, man. They still got Jamie Vardy. They got Pat Daka there. I, I agree with you. I think they need more of a center back or maybe a winger. And so I think they should bring back the kid, man, Harry Maguire. Bring him back. Get him on loan. Yeah, I mean, Ten Hag said he's fifth choice right now at United, so he's not getting any playing time anytime soon. Because they just signed a winger on loan, mm-hmm. albeit, in uh, Tete. Mm-hmm. But I think another good winger that could fit well there at Leicester would be Alan St. Maximin. I think he could be fun. He's not getting a lot of playing time at Newcastle. You know, I don't know if he's happy about that, but maybe get him on loan as well. Yeah, I think that's more of a wish list signing. Um, I don't think he leaves Newcastle. But, man, if he did and went to Leicester City, I love I – mean, he's not a finished product. He's not a great finisher. But on the ball, he might He's be fun. one of the most exciting players in the Premier League. Yeah. Lightning in a bottle. Um, you also mentioned on here Brian Gill for Tottenham. I'll be honest with you. He's impressed me this season. Last season, I was not. He was not very good. But this season, he's one of Tottenham's best players, in my but opinion. But he's not getting playing time. Yeah. That's the point. It's yeah, surprising. So yeah, I think he could be a, a good player to go to Leicester as well. Get some playing time. Yeah, he'd yeah, be a great signing. Um, the Brian Gill, that, to me, sounds more like a uh, Unai Emery signing at Aston Villa. Okay. But just because he used to play for him. But, yeah, I think you're on to something. Um, Brian Gill would be a fantastic pickup for them, especially if they get him on a permanent transfer because he's only yeah. 21. Okay. Next up, we got Leeds United. I'm not going to talk much because I'd already put Winston McKinney on here. Called it. It's now official. Um, but you had some other choices, which are very interesting. So, Yeah, my first it. one I think they should go. They should have gone for, and I think it's honestly a better midfielder than Winston McKinney, would be Connor Gallagher at Chelsea. I think he wants to fight for his place at Chelsea, but once some I mean, of those was- other players start getting healthy, I don't know how much of a look-in he's going to get. He was fantastic for Crystal Palace last oh, year. Oh, absolutely fantastic. So I think good. another loan move like that maybe could maybe boost his confidence a little bit. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe get back to Chelsea. But, yeah, I think he'd be fantastic signing. I think he needs to leave Chelsea. If I'm being honest. all the signings, yeah. Um, and another midfielder, bring back to the Premier League, would be Jorginho Wijnaldum. He's a PSG player on loan at Roma. But I don't know if Leeds could get him. But I, I just like him, man. I think he's a fantastic player. I don't know what happened to him at PSG where he just 
didn't play well or couldn't get he a didn't look get in. Any playing time. Yeah. Yeah. But I really liked him when he played for Liverpool. So I think maybe he so needs good. to come back to the Premier League. So good. Um, I mean, if you're Liverpool, maybe you think about bringing him back at this point. I don't know. Yeah, that's another good point. Yeah. Um, but he would be a fantastic addition to Leeds regardless. I mean, if we're saying he'd be a good addition to Liverpool, he'd be a great addition at Leeds. So, all right. Speaking of Liverpool, they need a midfielder, obviously and clearly, because their midfield is awful right now. Um, I think they should go after Yuri Tielemans. Six months left on his contract. I mean, he's a world-class player. You'd probably get him for around $20 million. He's going to last for a while, fits into that Liverpool system, and – you know, he's going to replace maybe a Jordan Henderson, I guess. Um, but he's still six years, seven years younger. Yeah. I don't know if he wants to go to Liverpool, though. That's the thing. Looking at that project, maybe. Especially yeah. when you're getting linked to different clubs. But I, I know Yuri Tielmans has come out and said he's not going to leave this January. So... I don't think they get him. There you go. Uh, obviously, they they want Jude Bellingham. I don't think they can't get him in January. He's just too expensive. Yeah. Maybe a little bit cheaper option, I think, would be another player I had mentioned previously would be Serge Milinkovic-Savic. I think he would be a good pickup. Yeah, I don't know how much cheaper he is, though. He's going to be 40, probably 50, be around 60, 60. 70. I think Liverpool probably only has maybe 15 to 20 to spend right now by the sounds of it. So I honestly, I don't see Liverpool getting any midfielder from being honest with you. Yeah. That's why I was saying, uh, you know, maybe a Wijnaldum might be a good choice. on. I think he would be. He already knows the system slots right in. Um, I mean, he's again, another aging midfielder, but you get him on loan. Doesn't cost you anything. What's going to hurt. I mean, I know they have, um, what's his name? He's play at Barcelona and Juve. He's on loan. Arthur. That's it. New star with an A. Uh, he's coming back, but I mean, I haven't been impressed with him since he left Barcelona anyway. So, yeah. All right. Now to the team that spends their money wisely, but never runs out of it. Uh, Manchester City. Um, with Jao Cancelo being linked to pretty much everywhere else, I think they need a left back. Um, I agree with you. One player they've been linked with, I mean, it's been a little bit since they've been linked with him. It's Alex Grimaldo from Benfica. He's only got six months left on his contract. They get him for pretty cheap. He is the type of winger that would fit perfectly. He's a little better defensively than Cancelo. Um, I think he'd be a great fit personally and would fit right into Pep's plans with uh, low risk, high reward type of signing. Yeah, I think he would be a great sign signing for him, if I'm being honest with you. Especially with their kind of transfer business lately of not necessarily overspending on players. Yeah. But if they do want to overspend on a player, I got just a <laughs> left back for him and Theo Hernandez. <laughs> left back for AC Milan, the French international. He's only 25 years old, so he's still pretty young. And we know how good he is going forward. Yeah. Showed yeah, it for France at the World Cup, and so yeah, a great signing for them. Um, I don't know if he wants to leave AC Milan. The way they're playing, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say that. Um, maybe. Uh, but 
yeah, I mean, he'd be great signing. It's going to take a lot to sign him, but again, money's no problem for Manchester City. Regardless, they need a left back. Either one of those would be great signing for them. I think Theo Hernandez is a little bit better, honestly. Um, yeah. He's one of the best left backs in the world, right behind his brother. Um, yeah, either one, great signing. Whether or not they actually sign anyone, I, I don't know. I don't think they will. I think um, it might be in the summer, but not now. Yeah. Uh, unless they sell somebody, then I think they yeah. go. Um, but with Cancelo being linked to AC Milan, I mean, why not just do a straight swap deal? Just there saying. you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. Team that perennially always needs a striker. Manchester United. They need a striker. Surprise, surprise. But they got Vout Vaghorse. Yeah. They need somebody different. Val <laughs> they need someone better. <laughs> yeah. They, they need someone who's going to be more consistent with more longevity. Um, and someone better. And someone better. Uh, however, they seem to not really have a lot of money to spend. If they had the money to spend, I'd say Goncalo Ramos, which we had said prior after the World Cup, would be a great signing for them. I still think he would be. However, I don't think they have the money to sign him because I don't think Benfica is going to let him go for cheap at all. That one probably is upwards of $80 million. Another good one is Marcus Turam for Borussia Mönchengladbach. He's got six months left on his contract, said to only cost $10 million. They can convince him of the project. I mean, he play on the wing or at striker. Gives you a little extra depth at striker and for Marcus Rashford. He's a stud. I think he would fit perfectly. Yeah, I think he'd be a good signing. You won't get any argument from me. Obviously, the player I think they should go for, but they won't in January would be Harry Kane. Yeah. I don't know why they... Let's just imagine Maine Heaven, man. But it I think, is. Uh, I think if they do go for someone, it'd be uh, that Juve striker, Vlahovic. 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 Yeah. Dusan Vlahovic. I think he would be... The striker they go for. Yeah. Um, for me, it's tough. So for a Chelsea squad, I think he would fit. He's got a little bit of an attitude, apparently. Um, there you go. Ten Hag can bust that right out. Yeah. Chelsea seem to sign players that have attitude, so I think he'd fit in perfectly. Uh, him and Aubameyang can go hang out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, if Ten Hag can beat the attitude out of him, He'd be a great signing for Manchester United. Uh, I know he's regretting not signing for Arsenal last season, but I mean, what better substitute than Manchester United? All right. Uh, Next up, the team that's on the up and up, Newcastle United. I think they need a center midfielder. You think they need a winger. They just signed... Anthony Gordon, you still think they need a winger? I think it would help for depth. And, you know, maybe at at this point, maybe a striker. I know Alexander Isaac's been hurt quite a bit. They got Callum Wilson, so maybe not a striker, actually. But, I mean, in midfield, you got Bruno, Gaimaresh, Joe Willock. So, I don't know who do you... They've all been performing well. It's hard to pick someone on that... A position on that team that hasn't performed well. I mean, you could probably get an upgrade from Joe Linton. Probably. Yeah. Maybe back up um, for Elmiron. 
Yeah, I mean it. It would be more of a. It's going to be you some depth. more depth Someone or more depth, options yeah. as far as formation goes. Because if you can move Willick further forward and play with two more defensive midfielders, um, then that gives you more options compared to playing, you know, three in the midfield as a diamond. Um, I went with Sandro Tonali from AC Milan, 24 years old. He's won some trophies. He is a defensive midfield powerhouse man i love watching him play i think he'd be a great fit for newcastle give bruno gimarish a little bit more freedom because when he's on the ball newcastle are fantastic you can push him a little bit further up the field newcastle become a whole different team in my opinion see i went with a winger i went with hakeem ziet i think he'd be a fun one for newcastle like he said, maybe upgrade from Jolinton. He can fight Miguel Amiron for that spot. So I think he'd be a fun one for Newcastle. Yeah, I mean, you'd probably get him on loan for the rest of the season because he's not getting any playing time at Chelsea, especially with their new signings. Yeah, Mudrich that's what I was thinking. Gonna... I mean, honestly, Chelsea, a lot of those players, I think, need to either go Leave. out on loan or to get sold because... Yeah. Chelsea's going to have to sell some players to balance those books. <laughs> oh, yeah. And at this point in the summer, I think it's going to be a fire sale. I mean, I know a couple of players are leaving on freeze because their contracts are up, but that squad's going to need a lot of selling. So um, why not start now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now we're getting into the harder ones, going towards the bottom of the table. Nottingham Forest. I thought they need a goalkeeper because Dean Henderson just picked up an injury. And I went with a much forgot about stellar goalkeeper who has won everything under the sun in Kaylor Navas from PSG. Yeah, he's not a bad, not a bad signing. He's playing back up to Donnarumma right now. Mm-hmm. If they could get him, that'd be great. I don't know if they can. I don't know how, how Kaylor Navas would feel about going to not eat them for us. But, you know, I don't know. It's tough. I think they honestly, they, they don't need a goalie. I think they should try to get one maybe in the summer. I would say try to keep Dean Henderson because he's on loan there for Man United. Try to keep him on a permanent. Yeah. I think that would be their best option. Yeah. They, and I think the only way they that spent that a lot of money, brought if, in a lot of new players. Yeah. I mean, they, they've got the most signings surprisingly after all that Chelsea signed. Um, yeah. I think the only way they keep Dean Henderson is if they stay up. I mean, it's looking more and more likely. Yeah. But getting maybe, you know, Kaylor Navas or, you know, any top-rate goalie on loan for the rest of the season. I mean, I think Navas just wants to play at this point. He can cover his wages. I don't think he cares. Um, but, I mean, there's a lot of good goalies out there. Who is their backup? I think it's – is it Wayne Hennessy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I can't remember who their backup is, but I, I remember I seeing it. It's not a terrible backup, so but I would say to, stick with them. Yeah, depending on how long Dean Henderson is out. I mean, if it's a couple months, you definitely need another goalie. Um, there's still plenty of time to get a loan in. So we'll, we'll see what the end of the transfer window holds. They seem to be signing players left and right, so time will tell. Okay. Southampton. Bottom of the table, I think they need a striker. What do you think? 
Yeah, they need someone to score goals. Shea Adams is not the answer. No. I went with a player who has really impressed at World Cups, but kind of gets forgot about, and Andre Kramerich from Hoffenheim. I'm surprised no one's really picked him up from Hoffenheim at this point. Um, But I think he'd be a great signing. He's 31, so give him one last payday. I think he signs no problem. I don't know. That would be an interesting one. I feel like that could be a hit or bust. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you're Southampton, you got to try something at this point to stay up. Everton's in a free fall, so you got a chance. Might as well do it now. Capitalize. Kind of a couple of different strikers there. Um, I think their wish list would be Musa Dembele. If they could get him, I think that would be a steal and fantastic for them. It'd be tough, but I think a more realistic option could also be Patrick Bamford, someone who's Premier League proven. Again, previous season had a fantastic season and could help keep him up. Yeah, I mean, before he signed for Aston for West Ham, uh, from Aston Villa, I probably would have said a return of Danny Ings. Yeah. Would have been best, but it's too late now. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see anybody from the Premier League going on loan there. So I think, I mean, Bamford might be a good choice. Um, but yeah, anybody from outside of England who hasn't played in the Premier League probably would be a good choice. Okay. To a team who has surprised us and signed two players in this last week, but doesn't usually sign players in a January transfer window, Tottenham, I know they need a new goalie. Hugo Lloris, I think, is done there. But they also need an attacking midfielder because they still haven't replaced Christian Eriksen since he was at the club. Um, Player that's been linked to them who recently turned down a move to Bournemouth is Nicolo Zaniolo from Roma. He's on the transfer list. It's only 30 he, million. Why he not? He played today though. Or he yeah. played against Napoli when he when Roma played Napoli. He did. I, I mean, know. he's one of the better players for Roma, but they've already stated that they want him gone before the end of the transfer window. I, it just fits for me. I don't know though. I don't think then he would have played against Napoli. On the 29th. I'm just so going he... with what Jose Mourinho has said. But I also, so. I know Jose, if a player wants to leave, he won't play him. Yep. So, I mean, time will tell. He rejected a contract from Bournemouth. He's waiting for AC Milan, apparently, or Tottenham to come in and sign him. Contracts See, I think they up. need a goalie. Contracts up in the summer, so he's going to leave regardless. I think they need a goalie. And who better than... Uh, one of the stellar performers at the World Cup in Dominic Livakovic. 28 years old, so he's not super young, but he's a goalie, so you'll get a good four or five years out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, coming from Dinamo Zagreb, I think personally that might be a good deal for them. Kind of goes out of the realm of what they tend to like to go for, which is younger, up-and-coming talent. But with goalies... But- I mean, but with goalies, goal. if you want someone 35. who's going to come in and replace Hugo Lloris right now, I don't know if there's a better signing. Especially for the price point you probably get him at. Yeah, if you want to go for a little bit younger goalie, I was thinking maybe the Leeds United goalie 
Elin Massillier. He's only 22. Yeah. yeah, he'd be good. Um, but like you said previously, I mean, David Raya, I don't think he leaves Brentford right now. No. Uh, Robert Sanchez, I don't think he leaves Brighton right now. But they would both be fantastic pickups, um, especially come the summer. All right. West Ham United, fresh off their win against Everton, trying to climb their way out of the relegation zone. Again, I think they need a center back. How about you? You know, I did agree with you until I remembered about Ogbana and Kurt Zuma coming back. I mean, those are going to feel like two new signings for them, and it's two center backs. Mm -hmm. So honestly, I think maybe they need a midfielder. Okay. Any ideas? Maybe Fred? Again, I hate going <laughs> back to to Chelsea, but um, do you remember when Jesse Lingard went to West Ham mm-hmm. and he flew there? Mm-hmm. Again, maybe a Connor Gallagher, Mason Mount. Yeah. I don't I think, think Mason, Mason Mount, Mount would want to go to Mason West Mount. Ham. I mean, his best friend is Declan Rice, Mason Mount. I mean, that's your, it's all you need is Agent Declan right there. There, but man, I think they could be really good at uh, West Ham, kind of like how Jesse Lingard was. Yeah. Or maybe um, get Jesse Lingard and try to bring him back. Probably not. I, but <laughs> They probably could at this point. He's not doing great. They for could, but I don't think they should. No. Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough. I had a center back for them as well, um, but I also saw that. You know, Zuma was coming back and getting two center backs in a transfer window back from injury is like having a new signing. Yeah. So I think you might be onto something with Connor Gallagher or Mason Mount. I think Mason Mount probably is the more likely of the two to leave because Gallagher's been playing more. Um, probably could get Mason Mount on loan to well, get his, his wages off the books. His contract's also up here at the end of the summer. Ah, well, there you go. Um, you can get him for decently cheap. Sign him before Liverpool wants him. Um, that would be a great signing for West Ham. So, all right, last on the list, Wolverhampton Wanderers. They need a striker. Yeah, they do. You're probably going to say someone Portuguese because that's who they tend to go for. Um, you only know that, yeah. You already know yeah, that. I already know that. But if I didn't, I still would have said it. Um, I went with two players that kind of fly under the radar. Um, Luis Enrique for Real Betis. He's 20 years old. He's been linked with Wolves. He's been on fire this season. Kind of came out of nowhere. Um, he's going to cost them a pretty penny, but at this point, if you're Wolves, pretty penny to stay up. I'd take it. Or a Tim Weah from Lille. Uh, he gives them a little bit extra, something they don't have. And I would love to see him t- see Tim Weah right now in the Premier League. I would say Tim Weah is any more of a winger, though. Also plays striker, but yes, you're right. Yeah, so those are two good ones. I think, obviously, you know, who would be at the top of their wish list for Wolves would be Juan Carlos Ramos, the Portuguese <laughs> forward who plays at Benfica, but I think he's too expensive and Wolves get priced out of that. Yeah. So maybe a Luka Jovic. 
That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah, got the big money move to Real Madrid from, I think it was Frankfurt. Yeah. And he's now at uh, Fiorentina. And he hasn't been playing fantastic, don't get me wrong. He's 17 appearances, he's got three goals. But big name signing. I'd be curious to see how he would do in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, I would be fascinated with how he does in the Premier League. Uh, I think that's not a bad way to go. I mean, I think he'd either be a hit or a massive disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there'd um, be any between. But at this point, if you're Wolves, like if he's a massive disappointment, cool. You bench him. No big deal. Um, but you do need someone to kind of change things up a little bit going forward. So you're right. Goncalo Ramos would probably be the top of their wish list again, unless they make it into the European places. I don't think that they can afford him, but who knows? I've seen them spend a lot of money. I mean, they took them not even three ga- three days to buy Matthias Cunha on loan. Yeah, maybe he's their loan, signing so. that they need. Um, both are great options. I mean, any one of these four probably makes them better. But yeah, that I mean, yeah. Time will tell with them. I don't think they sign anybody personally, but no. we'll see. Um, but yeah. That's all 20 teams, and that's that all brings that I us, got for today. Yeah, that brings us to today's episode. We appreciate you guys listening. Make sure to check us out on our socials, Instagram, TikTok, at Bruise and Banter FC. Join our Facebook group, get in on the conversation. Check us out on YouTube, obviously available on all podcast platforms. And yeah, make sure you check out our Redbubble, get the merch, help get us keep merch. doing what we're doing. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening. And as always, cheers. Cheers.